The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, the podcast about the fucking Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and general fucking shenanigans. It is our 69th episode! So, we're gonna talk about a lot of fucking. <laughs> so much fucking. This is an explicit podcast. We have a tag. We can do we've that. Already, we've been rated explicit since our exception because both of us are ladies with body mounts. <laughs> this is a, a uh, not so nice episode to actually have as our 69th one. I'm really kind of sad about that. Uh, but it is also uh, March 25th. Uh, I almost said. Are you, you drinking champagne to help the fucking go smoothly? Um, I have the champagne in front of me, and I was going to try and open it on air so that I could get the sound. Oh, see, I already, I already opened mine, and I opened it so well that it was soundless. Oh so mine gosh. would have been boring. Okay, well, I'm recording right now. Please don't shoot off cork. Oh, gross! What the fuck is that? <laughs> that's not like what you like to hear uh, during a 69 session I know <laughs> oh this is gonna be fun I can tell if last week was the sober episode this is the absolutely not doing it sober episode <laughs> I don't like to do anything sober <laughs> when given the choice yeah <gasps> oh that was a good one that was a good one We'll see how this goes. I have bad feeling about this cork. There's definitely some detritus there. Detritus? Is that how you say it? Detritus. Detritus. Okay, well, Carolyn learned something new already. Uh, all right, now I've got my, my champagne, so cheers. Cheers. Bink. I just binked my microphone. Bink. I did too. Wow, you did it a lot harder. <laughs> That's what she said. God, I'm actually really glad that this landed on the 69th episode so we can make inappropriate jokes because everything else that we're going to do is going to be awful. Just, yeah, just act, actually preparing, prepare yourselves, dear dear listeners. Gird your loins, friends. Gird your loins. Or don't, because it's the 69th episode. <laughs> or, or bear them completely. I mean, honestly, we're good either way. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Uh, we're not We're not here to, to kink shame. We're also not here to be friends. Which is... Uh, okay, so... You know who are not our friends right now? The fucking fuck Dallas Stars. <laughs> My little, the little topic is the fucking fuck Dallas. <laughs> so we recorded literally two weeks ago, because that's our schedule. And we didn't fuck it up this time. We got actual two-week schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last time we recorded, we were seventh in in that top wild card spot, about to play uh, Vegas in the playoffs. And it has been two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, and the most disastrous road trip I think Dallas has ever had in its entire lifetime. And uh, now we are not going to be in the playoffs. No. And in fact, it's really, it really doesn't look good that we will, even if we win the rest of our games, make them at all. Yeah, no, like, it's just at this point, it's like, not only would we have to win all of our games that we would need, like, basically everybody we're competing against to lose all of their games. Like, it is awful (laughs) where we are right now. 
Everything is terrible. Everything Which is, is not terrible. what you want to hear during a 69 either. <laughs> Everything is fucking terrible. This is the worst sexual content ever. It's like fucking when, what's his name? Jonathan Franzen writes a sex scene. That's yeah. what is happening <laughs> to our season right now. Oh my god, Jonathan Franzen. I mean, maybe if St. Louis also went on a, like a bender and like did terribly, but like we've also got the Kings in front of us. I mean, we're like we're, we're four points out of a playoff spot, but like we have not been doing well over a seven-game stretch. So it's really unlikely that we all of a sudden go, "Oh right, we play hockey." <laughs> like. Uh, for 60 minutes, not just 40. We're going to get... No, we're just we're just getting fucked in a really, really bad way. Like, they don't know where anything is supposed to go. They've never actually seen... They forgot seen, the lube. <laughs> there's... No one's ever They've seen... They've never heard of foreplay. Right? Like, the clitoris is supposedly imaginary. Like, I mean... I've never heard of it, and therefore... And therefore, it does not exist. It does not exist. I don't have one, so nobody has one. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking. No screaming. We're not allowed to scream on this podcast, just so you know. Well, that and Mary is I possibly still asleep, but I told her we were recording at 10, so if she's still asleep, it's her fault. I also, yeah, I kind of worry. I'm like, oh, my neighbors are probably here. And I'm just like, Yeah, it's 9.30 on a Sunday morning. Yeah, exactly. Brilliantly cold and beautiful Colorado. It's actually not very cold. It's in the 60s right now. Okay, but that's still better than what it is here. Oh, yeah. No, it's totally amazing. I love it. Don't get me wrong. That was not a complaint. like, humid as fuck there. (laughs) Also, not a complaint I would ever make about this. Uh, do we want to get right into it? So our, our thing this week is that we've got a bunch of reader questions, pretty much all about the same stuff. So it's mostly going to be us responding to reader questions this entire podcast. So just FYI. I, I mean, that's probably what the people want anyway. So let's <laughs> it's just true. Uh, so I'm going to kick us off here. Josh Craig asks, why do the stars hate fun? It's because... Okay, the, like the first answer that came to my mind is because we're bad people and we're being punished. <laughs> This is karmic retribution. This is karmic retribution for not appreciating what we had. I think it's probably karmic retribution for that fucking John Klingberg dick joke. That's what it is. That was the turning point. Yeah. We made that dick joke. And it was such a good joke. But look at what we have had to pay. Oh, so wait. See, because I feel like this is actually Holly's fault because she's been using um good place gifts this entire time and like spoilers for the first season of good place but they're not in the good place they're in the bad place and i feel like the fact that she's been using good place gifts to like talk about every single game thus far this season it's kind of like okay well (laughs) we haven't been in the good place this entire time and it's suddenly being revealed at the end (laughs) It is actually, like, a ridiculously apt metaphor. Fucking spoilers! Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Which works on so many levels, because the fact that we were good for any amount of time under Hitch and his system is kind of, like, a fucking lie. Yeah! (laughs) Like, you can't win games on 100% defense. Like, that's just not the way it works. It's not 
not the way it works. You can't win games starting your offensive defenseman in only defensive zone starts because you don't want to put your defensive defensive defenseman out in the defensive zone. Like, what are you doing? Why are you putting Honka there and Klingberg here? What are you doing? Okay, anyway. I need to drink faster. I do, too. I'm going to need a refill, like, way before I was going to. But, like, seriously, fuck these fuckers. I'm so mad. I'm laughing a lot, but it's because if I don't laugh, I will just sit here and, like, scream. And no, yeah. Said we're not allowed. I can't. No, but no screaming on the podcast. It is, it is some epic bullshit what they have done with this season and wasted yet another year of Jamie Benn's <laughs> life. Um, when that man should be, uh, like, showered in all of the glory. All um, of the glory. I and just... it also kind of worries me because we've got Tyler Sagan's contract coming up, and is he even going to want to come back here? If, like, he keeps seeing how, I mean, if he keeps seeing how we've been performing and, like, that there's no hope for us getting better anytime soon you know like unless wide sweeping changes are made I just don't know I mean uh, I don't know I, I think the other uh... it's starting to feel like hitching my, my my hopes onto the Oilers except I know it's not because the Oilers are in a completely different like train wreck but yeah. and a much worse train wreck yeah. but like it's starting to feel like that like I haven't hitched myself to and I keep using the word hitch and I don't like it because it's Hitchcock but uh it's like I've climbed onto the wrong bandwagon except I'm not a bandwagon fan but I you know but also no shade at those who are but I'm just saying like I feel like I've made poor choices in my life that have led me to this point this is yeah this is the, the look at your life look at your choices reckoning for any Dallas Stars fan I feel like there are a couple of things that could be going on here, aside from the very, very apt good place metaphor. Okay, would you like me to ask the next question then? Uh, well, no, because these are not actual answers. Um, oh. <laughs> number one, uh, I think the rumor that Jamie Ben is actually his evil twin via goatee is actually a pretty good one. Listen, I fucking said it. I said it during that game when it was, like, revealed that Radulov had shaved his beard. I was like, Jamie hasn't. And Jamie is not going to win a fucking thing until he shaves that damn goatee. Have they won anything since then? No. I mean, so I'm saying it's got legs. It's got legs. The second one, and this one I'm not as, like, I don't know anything about, really. Because I don't follow other sports. But apparently, in 2011, the Mavericks won the NBA championship. And there is a rumor that souls might have been sold. Yeah, that do is so. What, I mean, I follow other sports, but I don't follow the Mavs, and I don't really give a shit about baseball at all. So, um, yeah, that is that is a rumor that we were told by friends of ours is that there was a deal. The fan, fan, a fan made a deal with Satan in 2011, and all of Dallas sports are now in purgatory until Dirk Nowitzki retires. Which, frankly, also fits with the bad place metaphor. It does, doesn't it? So those two could just be twined together. Either way, so I think those are... It's still all Holly's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe it's not Holly's fault, but maybe, maybe Holly is just extra perceptive. 
Like, she's got some ESP who knew that this was what was happening, but didn't know that this is what was happening. You know what I mean? Hearing, hearing is, a, is a Holly Hall apologizer right now. Maybe, but maybe it's not her fault. Maybe she's just the Cassandra in our our Greek tragedy. The Oracle, if you will. Then are you saying that fate is the the villain in this story? Well, no. It would obviously be the fan who sold all of DFW sports to Satan. I need to know who that fan is. All right. We're going to put out an APB on any Mavericks fans who may have sold their souls and the souls of various surrounding franchises to Satan. If you know this man or woman or non-binary person, let us know because we would like to have some words. I'm just saying. I mean, I will scour every townhouse, outhouse, courthouse, whatever house. Do you remember that speech <laughs> about scouring houses? Was that in The Witness? I think it was in The Witness. I don't, I don't think I've seen The Witness. Oh, maybe it wasn't The Witness. Whatever movie that was. The Fugitive. The Fugitive. <laughs> I have not seen The Fugitive Johnson, The Fugitive. <laughs> Talking about scouring every courthouse, townhouse, outhouse, until Harrison Ford's character is found. Well, then I think the, the real... The only thing that's actually going to solve this issue is if we get Tommy Lee Jones back in town. He lives in San Antonio. Okay, but that's not Dallas. So we need him in Dallas. I'm just saying he's at least in the right state. Yeah, no, Tommy Lee Jones is a Texan. He should care about this. He should. He should care about this. He should care about all Texas sports. Okay, maybe we should talk about real things. I guess. I'll ask you the next question. Okay. And you can actually ask the next two, because I think they're, they're very, very related. Okay, so but first, first question is Buttercup asks, I've seen everything from scouting development, a rift between management and coaching, coaching, and Jamie Benn's leadership being, being debated during this seven-game skid. What do you all think is the biggest short-term and long-term issues the Stars have, and how do they fix them? And then, related, It's Been Great asks, what are your thoughts? By the way, that's a great name. That is, I mean, that is an A-plus pun there. I love it. What are your thoughts on the recent negative talk surrounding Janie's captaincy. Um, and I think actually we could probably just go ahead and ask the third one. Uh, uh, Jen asks. Jen, friend of the podcast, asks. Jen, friend of the podcast, asks. How did we suck so hard this month and why is it Hitch's fault? Because it's Hitch's fault. I think, so my first thing I point I would really want to make is that a seven game losing streak isn't actually that unusual. I mean, it's unusual. Don't get me wrong. And in fact, Namita, um, Namita presented literally at Van Hack a couple weekends ago um, about streakiness and the probabilities of streaks and, and things like that. And in fact, like earlier this year, the Flyers went on a 10 game losing streak. So it has seven game losing streak in the vast annals of streakiness isn't like unheard of. Um, no, it's just no, completely no. wrong time of the year to do it, first and foremost. Yes. There's no time to recover from this losing streak. Absolutely none time to recover. None time. Um, but I think the issue really is relating back to Buttercup's question when she's seeing like, I've seen scouting, development, rifts, leadership, all of that. It's kind of everybody's fault. Like there's no one easy answer here, I think is the big issue. And... Um, yeah, yes, because there have been... Um, 
as far as debel- development issues. Like, Honka's been in the system for how long now? And if he's still being sheltered and not given minutes, and, like, the coach still doesn't trust him, like, how is that not a development issue going all, all the way back down to when he was drafted? And we haven't scouted great. Like, for instance, we drafted um, Dennis Gurionov instead of Matt Barzal. Yeah, that was a poor choice on our part. And that was Jim Nil. That was on Jim Nil, and he listened to his Russian scout, and the scout was like, no, Gurionov's amazing, whatever, whatever. And so they drafted him and not Matt Barzal, and they could have had Barzal, who is probably going to win Rookie of the Year. And I mean, when you just talk about our scouting and our drafting in general, like... Alexiak was a first-round pick. And I know that wasn't on Jim Nil, but Alexiak was a first-round pick. Jack Campbell was a first-round pick. Like, mm-hmm. our first-round picks have not been amazing. For I mean, uh, Nachushkin was a first-round pick. And, and Nachushkin was a now. Jim Nil first-round pick. He was yes. actually Nil's first first-round pick. And um, I mean, and I don't, I don't know how much of his development was hampered by the no AHL time thing and how much of his development was hampered by rumors I've heard about his off-ice activities or, like, you know, how much was hampered by us just not being able to develop players well. Like, I'm not sure, but, like, maybe it was all three of those factored in together, but, like, the fact is he's not playing in the NHL right now. Whether or not he comes back, he's not playing here right now. Right. And so I think there's definitely points that you can be like, listen, Neil needed to draft better. Like, that's kind of Mm -hmm. not even a debate. Um, I do think that there are points to it that, like, he has done a really good job of shoring up the bottom six with draft picks. So we've never really had to trade for a free agent to do that. Um, Like Dickinson, Ellie, Smith, who should be getting more playing time. Oh, my Um, God. But And those are all guys that we have drafted. Every time he moves Richie up to the top instead of Jamel Smith, I just get a little angry inside. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, a rift between management and coaching, I think, is also probably a thing that is happening. Now, I don't have... This is a gut feel. I'm gonna, I'm just going to be very, very clear about this. I think that is a very gut feel. Um, but knowing what was said at the beginning of the season, for instance, Jim Nill was like, Honk is going to be a big part of our future. He's going to definitely be an NHL player this year type sort of situation. And then Honka basically never getting played until Jamie Alexiak got traded. Well, and also, no, I mean, I feel like as a GM, it's never a good feeling when your new coach is best friends with the owner. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if they're best, best friends, but they are good friends. Whatever, they're good friends. And the reason that Hitch has this job in Dallas is because he's good friends with Gillardy. And, and, and I do also want to kind of temper that, like, yes, we know that that's why, but also I don't know if Neil agreed or disagreed with that decision. No, we don't. We don't. And so Neil might have been like, yeah, let's totally get Hitch on board. Let's do this. But I think the big difference is, like, the big thing for me is that Neil... I would hope that Neil did not, was not, like, all in on Hitch because, like, Neil knows what kind of roster he's been building. And he also knows what kind of style hit. So, like, if 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 Nil was sitting there going, "I've built this like fast and you know like loosey goosey team, and let's get in this very defensive like minded coach," like I feel like any dum dum hockey dum dum could have looked at that and been like, "Ooh, that seems like a mismatch." Well, I mean, I don't know because again, remember the very very beginning of the season before any hockey had played, Hitch said the right things. He said them. He, he well, said that's them. what I'm saying. You say yet, that in a job interview, so Nil could yeah. have believed yeah, him. That's true. That's true. Nil could have believed. Hang on. Um, I just I just drank the last of my um, uh, 
fun beverage. What the fuck am I talking about? Champagne. Uh, champagne. Um, so you you go on a monologue, and I'll be right back. <laughs> well, my thing was I actually told I told Marin I was going to do mimosas this morning, and then I like. I went to Torchy's yesterday for the first time since moving to Denver, and it was very good because I was feeling a little homesick. And uh, then I walked to the liquor store, and I bought my bottle of kava because I'm a snob, and I only drink kava these days. And I thought I could do a mimosa, or I could just drink straight champagne at 9.30 in the morning because that's the kind of basic bitch that I am. So I'm not even putting any orange juice or anything in that. I hope she just brings the entire bottle, because that's what you should do. I broke my cork. Just bring the bottle. Did you bring the bottle? No, I didn't bring the bottle. <sighs> Rookie mistake. But also, I broke my cork. Oh, no. I know. What were you talking about? Um, I was talking about how I was going to drink mimosas, but then I didn't. I'm just drinking oh. champagne. Oh, see, I, I got, I didn't, it's not really a mimosa, it's sort of a mimosa, if you define mimosas as being juice and champagne, it's not orange juice. What kind of juice? It is mixed berry juice. That sounds kind of tasty. It's fucking delicious. It's that simply orange, that, like that one, mm-hmm. but it's simply mixed berry. Well, there you go. And it tastes like strawberries. It's fucking great. Um... So I think, okay, so we've talked about rifts between management and coaching. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to skip coaching for now and go we into the... We want to talk about Jamie Benn's leadership? That's where I was going next. <laughs> that is a full load of hot garbage on a sunny day. <laughs> I have been so livid at Mike Heike since he first, div- like, actually spouted that as a fucking opinion and I've tried to temper my rage about it on um, my Twitter account because he follows me <laughs> and I don't want to sit here and just be like my kaika is full of absolute hot garbage um, because <laughs> you know I'd want to be able to debate it rationally like a rational adult but in my mind he doesn't listen to this podcast I'm assuming so in my mind I'm just no one really every- should so no no one should talk no one should listen to us um every time I think about it I'm just like how fucking dare you <laughs> like what's the actual fuck here's the thing is that we know Heike doesn't say these things without them coming from somewhere yeah he's not he's not He's but just, that's he, the thing that makes me He's angry. no Mark Spector. Like, he's not no, no, making no. shit up. Like, he's not, he's are... not anybody in the Edmonton Oilers media. I mean, like, I get that. But, like, the fact that it's even a debate, that it's even something that people are, like, saying, that it's something that he's having to repeat because the idea is out there, is enraging. Yeah, no. I mean, so here's my thing about it, for real. For real, for real. Literally, like, this whole seven-game skid is, like, that whole, like, Spider-Man meme, where it's, like, the one Spider-Man pointing at the other Spider-Man, but there's, like, 18 Spider-Mans at this point, and they're all pointing at each other, like, being like, oh, this is you, it's you, it's you, it's you, it's you, and, like, Jamie Benn has somehow gotten sucked into the Spider-Man vortex of doom, and, frankly, he's the only Spider-Man pointing at himself. Yes. And that's, that's so true. And that's why I'm like, no, fuck all y'all. Jamie Benn has shit to do with this. And I looked it up yesterday, so this could have changed, but I looked it up yesterday because I was, again, 
white hot, like flames on the side of my face. Jamie Benn is 26th in the NHL in scoring. Mm-hmm. He is two points below Tyler Sagan and Patrick Kane. May his soul burn in hell. And so, like, I don't know what the fuck more you want from a captain. Well, and I've, and I've like, I've heard the opinion expressed that leadership is more than just your performance on the ice, which I completely understand. And I, I also know that Jamie Benn is a lead by example kind of a person and not necessarily a rah-rah, sis-boomba, like, let me rile the troops up during intermission kind of leader. But there are those kinds of leaders on that team and like you've got that's why you have that's why you have the uh, assistant captains that's why you have four fucking A's in that room that's why you have all that veteran leadership like Tyler Sagan is there Alexander Radulov is there and Jason both of those Spetsa guys there. are like, those raw raw sis boom ba types yes, both and, of those guys yes and Jason Spezza too is a raw raw sis boom ba guy who also has captaincy experience so like I don't think that anybody is pointing a finger in that room at Jamie Benn and saying he's the reason that we are not, like, you know, together cohesively and playing the way that we know we can. Like, I do not, that is, the idea that that is being, that that's being floated as, like, a scapegoat just absolutely pisses me off so much because it's, like, a smokescreen as to what these fucking actual problems are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, okay, so I'm going to go to Corsica real quick here. Because um, one thing that, to get back to coaching, because I think we're, we don't need to yell anymore about how Jamie Benn is not the fucking problem. No, no, we don't. Um, Because otherwise it will actually get into yelling. And we're trying really, really hard not to yell right now. Um but I can feel the alcohol hitting my system. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm pulling um, team stats five on five from March. Oh, shit. I pulled all the teams. I don't need all the teams. I only need Dallas. No one cares about Anaheim. No, fuck Anaheim. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And um, so there have been 12 games in March so far. And... Hitch was saying, well, you'd be worried about it if we weren't playing well. Uh, And we haven't been playing well. Nope. So I'm worried about it. And my other thing is, so here's the other thing. So a couple weeks ago on the podcast, somebody asked a good question about um, Ben Bishop and Kari Lettinen and why they were like, who was better on the home and who was better on the road. And I found really weird discrepancy in their road numbers from via their home numbers for both of them. Like they both like just fucking sucked on the road. And my um, hypothesis at the time was our defense changed on the road, right? Like that we let more shots in, more hard shots in because all of a sudden their save percentage went from like fucking 90 to like 70 something. So I had Micah McCurdy, who does those amazing heat maps. I was like, hey, could you, you know, do me a huge favor and pull um, Dallas's home and away heat maps? Because we know that the home team tends to get a little bit of a benefit um, just from playing at home in front of their crowd and all that kind of stuff. And we typically adjust for that when we do metrics. But having the actual split lets us, with no adjustments, lets us kind of see exactly what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, I expected our defense to be amazing at home and then kind of shitty away. But instead, it was actually exactly the same. 
But not only did he pull the defensive metrics, and you might have seen this on his Twitter, but he pulled the offensive metrics. And our offense at home was amazing, beautiful, probably the best, some of the best offense in the league. And our offense away was fucking a ghost town. And so what that has hell? nothing to do with the goalies, but it, pro- it explains a fuck ton about this six-game road trip. Yep. But that we can still play defense. We're still playing hitch hockey on the road, but we're not playing offense. We don't have offense at all outside of the outside of the AAC. That doesn't how what uh, okay. So why? Why why is that a thing that what the fuck? What is that about? And I can't I mean, so it, this is one of those things where it's like, well, data tells you what happens, but you have to figure out what it is like why on your own. Um and I think I think part of it is hitch. I think part of it is hitch. And this is where I get into coaching. So we have, there's a lot of here to talk about, but number one, we know for a fact, hitch's main concern is defense, right? And so we know for a fact going into a hostile rink is a lot more taxing mentally. So my supposition, because again, I'm not in the room, I can't actually say these things with certainty, is that he's coaching us, coaching the Dallas Stars to concentrate solely on the one aspect of the game that he has control of in these very, very difficult environments. Whereas he's probably a little more relaxed at home because it's a not hostile environment. I mean, that's all well and good, but like half of the season is played on the road. Well, this is the problem, right? Like, this is the issue. And and like... Even in a even, like in a seven game playoff series, unless you're the top seed, most of these games are also going to be played on the road. Again, I'm not disagreeing. I don't think this. No, is I know, a good I know, thing. I know, I know. You're not disagreeing, but like, what the fucking fuck? But I mean, what, I, it, why is this happening to me? I can't tell you, babe. I cannot tell you, babe. It's just it is, just bad is happening. I, it's it's fucking awful. It's fucking awful. Uh, so I think, and I think the issue is that that could be mitigated by better lineup decisions. If we know that Hitch is going to be, co- like, if we know that the defensive system is solid, regardless of home or road, and we know that the issue is we're not generating enough offense, not, not, not playing good defense, then the lineup decisions have to reflect we're going to try and play more offense. Which is why it is maddening that he gives Klingberg so many defensive zone starts. Well, you know, I don't even actually care about that so much. I feel like Klingberg is actually a very good defensive player. Um, I, and, know, and, I know, I know. Well, no, but... no, 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 but, it's, okay. but, but here's my thing. It's, he's not only a good defensive player, he's one of the few players who can get the puck out of the defensive zone and create offense. True. So him playing, with the amount of minutes that he should be playing, which is larger than it is, have him having, he's probably going to be 50-50, right? Like if he's playing the, the number of minutes that a normal number one defenseman plays, which is 25-ish, he's probably going to be 50-50 offensive and defensive zone starts. Because those are only measured by face-offs, and not when he comes on the ice on the fly. And um, so I care a little bit less 
about that because I know he can handle himself and I know he can create offense regardless of zone he's played in. Cool. What's maddening to me is that he's playing guys like, and you already mentioned this, Brett Ritchie, who literally cannot create unless he's next to Tyler Sagan. Yeah. Whereas Jamel Smith, who has played far fewer minutes than Brett Ritchie this season, has managed to create far more offense in the minutes he's played. That is also maddening. And that's where it gets to me. It's like Jason Spezza has been like one of Hitch's scapegoats all fucking season. And yet he's one of the best offensive creators we have on the team. And, you know, back issues aside, low shooting percentage aside, like he and Janmark are special on the ice together. Fucking special. You don't see that kind of chemistry together very often. And yet, and yet... You know what I mean? Like, that's where, that's what gets me, is that the line of decisions, which are 100% on Hitch, are, are, are always tailored to playing more defense and playing big, heavy hockey. And I mean, this is what you and I saw coming. This is what you and I saw coming from the way he handled Tarasenko in the playoffs, right? Yep. Like, no, I mean, we've been saying this since it was announced that he was coming here. We've literally been beating this drum all year. And in January, we had some like, oh, maybe we were wrong. I mean, it's been working out okay. And then it was like, oh, no, no, we've been right this whole time. I really wanted to be wrong. I did, too. I did, too. Absolutely wanted to be wrong. But like, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do get, like, a visceral pleasure out of saying I fucking told you so. Because I am a vain person, and I know this about myself. But... At the same time, I would so much rather have the Stars winning the Stanley Cup yeah. than be right. You know what I mean? Fuck yeah. Like, and I think I think people don't understand that about, especially about numbers people. It's like, we say these things because we think it's important to say, but it's not because we want our teams to be bad. <laughs> right. Right. You know, like, we don't want to be right over our team winning. No. And, and... I don't know. It's just... Maddening. It's maddening. Yes, exactly. So I'm going to just ask the the question again, because I don't think we've answered the the actual question. Uh, What do y'all think is the biggest short-term and long-term issues the stars have, and how do they fix them? I mean, I feel like the biggest short-term issue is how how the lines are deployed. Mm-hmm. Like who's playing with who, how he and how he's juggling the roster. I mm-hmm. mean, the biggest short term problem is, like we said, Richie on the top line. It's Jamel Smith getting shit minutes. It's Honker getting shit minutes. Like Honka's been scratched for Mark Mathot again. I mean, today that, that is that is our number one biggest problem is like the absolutely asinine, stupid decisions that are being made about who is playing and where. Mm-hmm. Our biggest long-term issue, I think, is, uh, I mean, scouting and development, I think. I agree. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. Our drafting is a big long-term issue, I think. um, I think Jim Nil can do better. Um, But I think, I mean, like, the drafting is, is, like, 
it comes from the scouting reports. Like Right. And so here's my thing is that Jim Neal used to be a scout. Jim Neal's the reason we have Janmark. Like Janmark was drafted by the Red Wings and then Jim Neal got him in a trade because he knew Janmark. Mm-hmm. Because at that time he was the head of scouting for uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the Red Wings, their, their drafting has gone downhill since Jim Neal came to the Dallas Stars. So like I know he's a good scout. But I think the issue really is that, like, the scouts in the Dallas organization, which he, I don't think he did a lot of turnover when he came in. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody. I don't um, know. Yeah. I, 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 but I don't feel like there was a lot of turnover when he joined the Dallas org. I feel like he might just be too nice to his scouts and too, like, naive yeah, maybe. about their abilities. Um, and also, again, The other thing about scouting is I know for a fact many, many organizations at this point employ analytics people specifically to help them with drafting. For instance, the Florida Panthers have very publicly and, you know, probably the best example of somebody who is of a team that has employed analysts to help them draft. Mm -hmm. But I know other teams do it too. Like if there is a team that has an analyst on the staff, I guarantee you part of what they do is draft help. And that helps them sort through to see who is not going to be a best at, like, ceiling bottom six talent. And instead, okay, ceiling top six might be a, but probably going to be bottom six. Because that's what you need, is you need people with higher ceilings at the draft. Mm-hmm. And... Dallas has not publicly announced that they have anybody doing stats whatsoever. The stats that Hitchcock has quoted have been things like zone time, which actually doesn't correlate to fuck all. And so it's like, I don't think that you have the right kind of brain trust. No. As an organization. And I think that Neil is a very smart person who has seen a lot and has, has pretty good gut when it comes to doing things, especially when it comes to interacting with other GMs. I I actually think he's still one of the absolute best, I think he's still one of the best GMs out there. But I think this is an area of weakness for him that he has not addressed. Mm -hmm. And unless he does address it, it's gonna be a major issue. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Agreed. We gotta move on, because I know you have very little time left. I have very little time left. So, Shani's Land, which I always read a Shanny's Island. Uh, Shanny's <laughs> Land asks, would the Stars be in a solid playoff position if Gallant or Kruger were the head coach? And related, Andrew L.A. asks, how well would Coach Q handle the Dallas lineup as head coach? So I don't really have a terribly good answer on Coach Q. I think, and I don't really Gallant Gallant has done amazing things with that roster. And I feel like we would certainly be better suited with a coach who plays to the roster he has rather than playing to any sort of system he has previously developed. And I feel like that is definitely a strength of both Gallant and Kruger. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I just don't, I mean, like, I just, the only coach, the only team that I've seen, I mean, the only team I ever saw off Kruger coach was the Oilers, but since I've seen the Oilers without Kruger and the Oilers with Kruger, and it's the same fucking, like, r- lineup, I know that, like, Kruger is a good coach. Um, 
So the only team that I've seen Q coach is the Blackhawks, and the only coach I've seen the Blackhawks have is Q. So I don't know if I, – I really don't know much about Q's coaching style in general. The only thing I could see with Q is that, like, they might trust him a lot. Maybe. And, I mean, yeah. the other two are player coaches too, right? Like, we, I get that, and I, I'm, I'm totally down for a player coach. Me too. Absolutely. But I think the other thing is, like, I think with the built-in championships that Q has over yeah. Gallant or Kruger – there might be a little bit more, like, players open to him. And I mean, Kruger would always be coming in there under a deficit because he was the one that coached the he coached the Oilers, you know? Like, there's always going to be that, well, yeah. what do you know? You coached a shitty team. Like, and you, sure, and you've been did. in soccer for the last couple of years. like Right, right, right. So I feel like if Kruger, like, on the off chance that Kruger did decide that he wanted to try coaching uh, hockey again... Uh, he would certainly have some heavy lifting to do as far as like getting players to trust him and getting you know getting anybody to trust him and, and like I still think he could do it and I think he'd be great at it and I think mm-hmm. it would be like a secret weapon because everybody forgot he existed except for us <laughs> <laughs> except for you really because I will totally admit that I forgot he existed okay, except for me <laughs> because uh, but no I mean like I he. I think that he could do good things with this roster. I think Gallant could do good things with this roster. I think the person who cannot do good things with this roster is fucking Hitchcock, so... I don't know if Gallant could be as good in Dallas as he is in Vegas. I mean, no, it's a different... It's a it's an entirely different animal. It's an entirely yes. different animal, and I get it. But, like, and I th- it's clear I think to me in Vegas that he is playing to the strength of the roster that he has, or else oh, they absolutely. wouldn't be where they are. So, like, that, that's kind of why I say... I, I don't know that it would have been, like, the Dallas Stars have been top of the league for the entire season. You know, like, I don't think that it would have been the wild success that the... That the that Vegas had necessarily, but it certainly would be, it would have been a different season than the one we're having now. And yeah. and I think a better one. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I can't say, I don't know because Dallas has had a lot of success with their defensive system. The <laughs> difference is that like, they haven't had success with their offensive system. They haven't had a success with their offensive system. Gallant has the defense in, Gallant has Lucas Sabiza working in fucking Va- Vegas. So like, Fuck if I know. No, that's what I'm saying. My my problem really though is that Gallant in Florida, which had a pretty good roster, was not particularly successful, regardless of player coach type situation. And the players were really sad to see him leave. Like he yeah. is a excellent player coach, but system uh, systemically, not a particularly good coach in Florida. And, you know, people like to shit on Florida for firing him because of the success that Vegas has had. But I'm telling you right now, and I mean, I've said this on Twitter multiple times, and I'm telling the listener, not you, Marin, because I I know you know, <laughs> Vegas is not going to be as successful next year. No. They're just not. And a large part of their success this year was driven from emotional stuff, which Gallant, as a player coach, tapped into. For instance, being... Basically left out in the cold by their old teams. Like, that's fucking shit. And you want to prove your old team wrong. Um, He got a huge benefit from Dale Talon getting fleeced by George McPhee. And then also, and that got him two really good players in Jonathan Marcheseau, and uh, you can tell I'm drinking, and um, uh, 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 what's his fucking name? Riley Smith. Uh Uh-huh. And then also... And this people keep forgetting about this, which is 
a uh, unfortunate facet of American life. The Vegas life shooting happened literally days before the season opened. Yeah, it it, and I'm not. It it certainly created more of a community in Vegas than I think anybody was really prepared for. Exactly. It gave Vegas something to rally behind. And that, and um, my, uh, so I work in, in robotics. So we went to um, CES. My company did. And I didn't get to go, but my boss did. And he's actually a former like high school hockey player. He loves hockey. We talk hockey. Um, he was astounded by the number of businesses and people just all over Las Vegas wearing Golden Knights merch. Like, they have rallied behind this hockey team. Like, it is a for real hockey town right now. And a mm-hmm. part of that is I think it gave them something to cheer for. Yeah. And that isn't something that Gallant would ever have in Dallas. No. God, I hope that would never be something that Gallant would have in Dallas with respect to... I would hope to... that it would never be... That would be something that no team would ever have. No again. team would because ever have. You would hope that, like... You would hope they'd just fucking stop. I mean... You would hope that they would just stop. So, yeah. Um, good. That is actually exactly what I was going to ask you if we could do. <laughs> um, um, sorry, Shani's Land, but we're cutting off the second part of your question because we just have to, no time. We have no time. All okay. right. Quickly. Happy thing. Super thing? fast. So, I guess related is my happy thing is um, seeing all the March for Your Lives. March yeah. for Our Lives. Uh, protest this weekend. I, I full-on support this movement. Um, my It's kind of crazy to talk about, but um, I was in college at the time, so you know I was super safe, um, but there was actually a shooting at my junior high. Um, and uh, my junior high was in a very like hunter-friendly area. Um, everybody basically took the first day of hunting season off. So that everybody could, like, they started putting in-service days for the teachers on it so that they didn't, because their classes would be half full. Um, and uh, so, like, very, very gun culture, but in a hunting kind of manner way. And a kid brought a handgun to school um, and basically held up the homeroom period um, and eventually ended up shooting the junior high school principal that I had had. Jesus. And himself. And it was a major, major fucking event. And again, this is in an area where everybody practices gun safety because they all know how to use their guns and stuff like that. But he didn't bring a hunting rifle to school. He brought a handgun. And so gun control has been a big thing for me for a very long time um, since that happened. And um, it has been really, really frustrating to me to see how this conversation has happened, you know, not evolved. over the years and I'm just so incredibly proud of the way the the response is right now and it's just it's it's just amazing it's amazing and I'm so so incredibly proud god I'm almost about to cry because I've been drinking (laughs) that's okay anyway that's my happy thing is seeing seeing this change come from come from the, the youth. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, 
I struggle with a happy thing this week because it wasn't a particularly amazing week or two weeks, I guess. But um, so the um, I guess also related to the March for Our Lives, the Hamel drop for for March was um, Ben Platt and Lin Manuel Miranda doing a duet where they combined. Um, uh, Oh shit! The song, <laughs> obviously, I've been drinking a little. Uh, the song, the "Tomorrow There'll Be More of Us" song from Hamilton, and um, "You Will Be Found" from Dear Evan Hansen, and it is just the most gorgeous, beautiful song I've ever listened to, and I've listened to it a shit ton of times. And it also, um, I had never actually listened to the entirety of Dear Evan Hansen. I'd only listened to Waving Through a Window because Thomas Sanders on YouTube did a um, arrangement of it with two of his friends that is absolutely gorgeous. So I'd, I'd listened to that a ton of times, but never to the original. So I listened to the entirety of uh, Dear Evan Hansen and love it a lot and have listened to it like pretty much nonstop this week um, while also listening to Found Tonight. So I guess that's my happy thing is uh, new music. And uh, all of the proceeds from the sales of um, Found Tonight went to um, March for Our Lives. And they also performed it at the gathering in Washington, D.C. And anyway, Lin-Manuel Miranda and Ben Platt are amazing. Yeah. I'll try and find it if I'm on YouTube and then I can tack it on the end of It's the, definitely on YouTube. Like them, them singing to um, – like them singing it in – Washington is on YouTube, and then they also released uh, a video just like the, of them in the studio recording it. So, cool. I will tack it on to the end of the podcast. Cool. Right? So, cool, cool. Then you can hear it, and I will hear it the, for the first time. Oh my god, you haven't heard it? I haven't heard it. Holy shit! You are fucking in for it. Just, I mean, I wouldn't listen to a drunk unless you really feel the need to, <laughs> because like I was stone cold sober, and the first time I listened to it, I cried for literally three minutes. Like, the entirety of the song. I just started crying at the very first part of it. I'm surprised there haven't been tears yet on this podcast, because I'm real close. I'm, I'm not too lie. angry to cry, <laughs> to be quite honest. <laughs> I'm too mad. Okay, I've got you for 13 minutes, so oh, I'm yeah. go okay. read your questions. So let me ask um, you this first one, because I don't have okay. a good answer. Andrew L.A. asks, name two players you would trade Julius Honka for who might actually move somewhere this offseason. Uh, Oscar Clefbaum. Okay. That's the only answer I've got is Oscar. Oscar cool. Let's let's all. Yeah. Sorry. Keep going. Uh, he's, he's a righty. He we know he's a really great offensive defenseman. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of his actually, and uh, he's gotten a lot of shit on the Oilers recently for not having a career season, even though he's had a good season. And you know, fuck it. All right. Cool. Let's do it. Excellent. Uh, I'm gonna ask you a second one too. Uh, Prediction <laughs> for the Isabel Cup final because I don't have an answer for this one either. Um, oh God. Friend so it's so just FYI, guys, the the Isabel Cup final is today. So you guys won't hear this. I hope you guys are watching. I'm going to tweet about it. Um, uh, so it's Buttes Riveters final, which we all knew was going to happen. Um, Buttes three, Riveters two. Cool. That's my prediction. All right. Um, I'm going to take it the opposite way. <laughs> Um, I don't speak Finnish, Shani's land. I don't know anybody okay. that speaks Finnish. So this is an open call. Like I left this question in because I figured somebody we know probably speaks Finnish. Uh, Shani's land asks, "Do y'all or anyone you know speak Finnish?" I can read. I can barely read Swedish. 
um, and finishes its like own fucking beast. Uh, I mean, weird... I know I know three people in the Dallas Stars roster that speak Finnish, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, we can name them, but I don't know. I don't know them personally. No, I couldn't go up to them and be like, "Hey, could you translate this for me, please? Thank you." But if any of our wonderful, wonderful listeners speak Finnish or know somebody who speaks Finnish, um, please hit, up. hit up or hit up Shani's Land. Hit, hit, hit us up, up or we'll put you in contact with Shani's Land. Yeah, it's just at Shani's Land, not Shani's Island. Shanny's land. And that's S-H-A-N-N-Y-S land. Land. No spaces, no underscores, no weird characters. Um, Alright, I'm going to ask you this last question because okay. I have a follow-up question to it. Uh, Datniks asks, have you ladies been following the Coyotes Bachelor Report by any chance? Jason Demers is in them and at one point recruits Alex Goligoski as a substitute and then keeps him around as a coach quote-unquote coach coach. no i don't know what the coyotes bachelor report is but i assume it's something related to the fact that um uh jason i'm about about step daddy oh my god what yeah i didn't know about this and then somebody asked him asked him who he meant and gave two two answers and he said both of them so i don't know i don't know if that was related or not Oh, God. Uh, so my follow-up question to this uh-huh. is if you could have hockey players recap any reality TV show, which would it be? Oh. I don't really watch them. Uh, my big fan American Gypsy Wedding. <gasps> yes. Have I ever talked about my love for that show on this podcast because I don't think I have. I don't know if we have or not because I didn't, when I said it, I didn't know that you would know what it was. I've watched so many episodes of that show with my friend Monica like, it's amazing. I really, really love that show. And I've also watched the spinoff show about the four sisters. Oh my god, so I haven't watched that. And in fact, actually, I don't think I've watched a whole lot of the American version, but like, my big fat gypsy wedding. And I, I understand that gypsy is a slur, but that is literally what it is called. Um, it's, and and it's, it's about gypsy, gypsy culture. Like, they're talking, not like, it's not like calling them About gypsy. travelers. Yeah. They're, they're talking about travelers. Well, I, I, it's, they call themselves gypsies. They call themselves Roman gypsies interchangeably. But like, mm-hmm. the travelers are the Irish travelers. It's a different group. Yeah, well, so I've I've only seen the British version. Oh, and I've seen the American version. I've so, only seen one episode of the British one. The British one is fucking amazing. It's fucking amazing. And and in fairness, they do call themselves travelers there. And I think the gypsy thing is for American audiences, where gypsy isn't actually understood no, as a it's slur. It's literally two different groups. That's what I'm telling you. It's literally because they talk about no. travelers in in the American show, and they're okay. very, they're very distinct about whether or not they're talking about the Irish travelers or the Roma gypsies. And like the the Irish travelers only call themselves travelers, and the Roma gypsies will interchangeably use gypsy or Roma to talk about themselves. That makes sense. That makes sense. What I'm saying is that the 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 title of the show. Uh huh is my big fat gypsy wedding regardless of whether or not they're talking about gypsies or travelers Mm -hmm. and and the british version which has been titled for american audiences um where gypsy is not necessarily understood as a slur because their gypsies aren't like a concept here so much um which is the word gypsy hmm? and pacific rim twice 
Yeah. Well, that actually apparently was something over like a completely different thing. Like, like apparently there was a dude who had a name like Gyps or Gypsum or something like that, and they like put an E on the end of it. But um, yeah. Anyway, so like the the point is that like actually one of my best friend is a Romanian, and like every once in a while she'll make a joke about gypsies, and like it will go completely over the heads of everybody there because they're like, okay. <laughs> But anyway, so, like, yeah, so I, I do want to be very, very clear about that. Like, uh, anyway, regardless of whether you're talking about Roma Gypsies or Travelers, the BBC show for American audiences is called My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding. And it's fucking amazing. Yes, it is. It's amazing. It's fucking amazing. Yes, I would absolutely love a hockey. That's that's the perfect answer. I just looked perfect up Jason Demers, by the way. Uh, Stepdaddy was in reference to somebody scoring. Oh, but who? Uh, Stepan and uh, Panic. I mean, Derek Stepan could be e- stepdaddy. Oh my God, Obs. I feel like that was really obvious to you well before it was obvious to me. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. All right, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up because I know you're on a deadline. Because why? Uh, I'm going to see the Dallas Stars tonight, and more importantly, because the Dallas Stars are dead to me right now, uh, <laughs> Sam Gagne. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to see Sam Gagne tonight and I am very excited. Alright, well, if you can just if you get the opportunity, uh see if you can determine whether or not Jamie has an evil twin. I will determine whether or not Jamie has an evil twin. I will also determine whether or not Sam Gagne has any interest in coming to Dallas. Excellent, excellent. These are excellent goals. Well, this has been You know how deep- hard I would buy a jersey for Sam Gagne. Like no, like, I know exactly how hard. It'd be like, oh, pulled up the link, clicked that one click order right there. Right there. Link. And done. And I wouldn't, I, oh, God. Oh, God, please. Whoa, I don't even care if it doesn't make sense right now. Just make it happen. Okay. <laughs> cool. I'm Carolyn. You can find me on Twitter at Class City. I'm not the same, actually. I'm Marion. You can find me on Twitter at Marionish. Which you, you can find every time. I you, I have like literally a quarter of a bottle of champagne left and like a full glass. Like I'm just gonna pound this shit. Like fuck it. I think you should. Um, I'm not driving up to Dallas, so I I don't care. Like <laughs> my friend is driving us, and it's gonna be great. <laughs> uh, uh, you can find our official Twitter at Depart Hockey. And if you have a longer question or comment or just you know feel the need to expound upon this Jamie's evil twin theory. Uh, you can email us at dparthockey at gmail.com. You can also find, um, shit, our Tumblr at dparthockey.tumblr.com. Do we even update the Tumblr? I don't update the Tumblr. Let's Do you update stop it? talking about the Tumblr. We uh, don't have a Tumblr. Don't We're too old for Tumblr. Tumblr. We, don't, we don't update it. I haven't updated it in, like, a month of Sundays. And our official blog at deepheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheartheart
Bye.